Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's hump day. Happy hump day. Everybody, huh? Have a great day. <laughs> Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Uh, lots to talk about. Some of it's stupid. <laughs> really stupid. And let's begin with, uh, yeah, what uh, Christian was just reporting on with this uh, letter from the Federales. Uh, you know, we better hand over that uh, Shelby Park, man. You better hand over Hand it over. Okay, you're impeding us. That's the word of the day, the I word there. We're impeding, essentially, federal agents from fulfilling their official federal duties to make, you know, little sandwiches and finger foods for the illegal aliens and uh, give them nice little back rubs here and there at Shelby Park, you know. You know, give the kids some toys to play with, you know. Make sure the cartel sponsorship, all the documentation is correct, you know, so nobody gets their head chopped off, you know, and left in a, in a dumpster somewhere. So, you know, they, they we are impeding their ability to, you know, enact or, or fulfill all of their official duties. To give this country away, piece by piece, to, to the illegals and the cartels who sponsor them. And as we, you know, reported, and as you know, uh, Greg Abbott, as a part of Operation Lone Star, went in there, put barbed wire around the whole thing, and ran the federales off. And by all reporting, the federales were happy to be relieved of those official duties. Because I don't know if you know this, but whether they're federal border guys or they're the state border guys, the, the morale of these people is really horrible when you have tens of thousands of people just traipsing across the border every single day. And people who are law enforcement people who whose original mission in life and why they took up this occupation was to protect the sovereignty of this nation along the border. And conversely, while you're doing that, uh, making it more difficult for people to, you know, risk their own lives and sink to the bottom of the Rio Grande like a boat anchor. Uh, and they're saying we're impeding their our our, our state government, uh, our Greg Abbott's uh, guys, the National Guard guys, that uh, we're preventing them from doing all the wonderful stuff they're doing for the illegals coming over the border. And uh, and I think it's I, I I'm not a legal expert I'm not freaking Matlock here, but if if the if what you're saying because what is it they got by the end of today to 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 you know give that back to the the federal government um, I I think the argument kind of falls apart when you consider the reality that it is a state park it's this is Texas this is our responsibility we we own the park. It's not federal land. Uh, and, and and not to mention the very people who are claiming we're somehow impeding uh, we're, we're a big old rock in the path uh, uh, you know, of them uh, uh, fulfilling their official duties. Are The very same people are lying their ass off to you about three people that drowned in the Rio Grande. It's, it's, they're lying to you. Corrine Jean, black lesbian Pierre, whatever the hell her name, Clouseau, whatever her name is, she she lied her ass off yesterday uh, about uh, a mom and two kids who who drowned in the Rio Grande trying to cross the river. Do we have the audio? And that's the problem, Lisa. Right? It's like it is unfortunate that you have a governor 
Governor Abbott that's watching this happen, right? That's watching uh, people be put in harm's way, law enforcement also be put into harm's way because it is it does make a situation dangerous for the border patrol agents and dangerous for the migrants obviously and allowing this to happen like that is actually a question for governor abbott he is he is he is doing these political stunts and it is causing harm it is not fixing the problem the border patrol agents are not allowed are not able uh to uh to really uh you know move forward with enforcing our laws I mean, this is what a elected official is doing. And so I, I get the question to us. We are going to take legal, you know, we're ta- we have taken legal action. That is the process. That's the way that we have to move forward. Holy crap. She's so stupid. She is such a dim light. My God. The one thing you can say about Saki is she could lie a little better. You know what I mean? Saki at least could do the gig, you know. <laughs> And put a little polish on her bull crap. You know, this chick, man. The, what, 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 the, the official word from the administration, I, I, I guess they're gonna, maybe going to walk this back today. Maybe they won't. I don't know. That what they're claiming is that our guys, Texas guys, uh, blocked federal guys, federal border agents from rescuing these people in the Rio Grande. In other words, Greg Abbott... Let these people die because he prevented uh, federal agents from rescuing them. There's only one little problem with that. They were already dead before anybody on our side even knew they were there. Their bodies were recovered, as I understand it, by Mexican agents, officials, whomever. So when you hear anybody right now say, that Greg Abbott prevented federal agents from rescuing those people. Understand this. It is an absolute lie. It's a lie. Point in fact, uh, along the border where Greg Abbott has made it impossible for people to cross the border, one could argue he is saving lives because they're not attempting to get into the river there or cross over there at what is now considered to be the most dangerous border crossing in the world. Okay, um, let's make the uh, the same argument against the federales, okay? Um it, are they not heartless, uh, the Biden administration, uh, the people they put along the border? And when I talk about people along the border and talk about individual agents, I know that you people are just doing what you're told to be uh, to do. I, you're, you're instructed to do this stuff. You're instructed to cut the barbed wire. You're instructed to help people across. You're instructed to make them finger foods and... You know, get them snackables, uh, you know, when they get here and, and all that stuff. We're, I'm not saying that you're awful, evil people. You work for awful, evil people, though. If Greg Abbott is responsible for those three people drowning in the Rio Grande, which is absurd and a lie, but by the metrics of that lie, is not the, 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 the federal border folks and the Biden administration itself responsible for the hundreds of thousands of fentanyl poisoning deaths in this country that come across the border? Are they responsible for that? Are they responsible for all of the adults and children who are sold into sex slavery on this side of the border? Are, are they responsible for that? Can't we make the same argument? Anybody who suffers any kind of criminal violence against them 
uh, whether they're a migrant uh, who can't pay the bill, I guess, to the bad guys, or there's somebody on this side of the border who just gets greased because some guy who shouldn't even be here felt like killing somebody or raping somebody. I mean, are they complicit in all that stuff? Because I'd say, yeah. I'd say that Greg Abbott is doing the job as best he can that the federal government, it's their primary responsibility to to protect American lives. It's their primary responsibility to to enforce that border. When she says they're impeding us from enforcing the law, again, that's a lie. That is an abject freaking lie. That we are in, we are impeding their ability to kill more people by keeping the border open. That's all we're doing. We're impeding the federal government's ability to put Americans at risk in some small regard. Watching all these people also just in the in the macro uh, idea here, watching all these people freak out over Greg Abbott. And the smattering of migrants that he's sending off to these sanctuary cities is is beyond absurd when their president, their who they vote voted for and who they support, is shipping people to to, to all four corners of this country three hundred and sixty five days a year, seven days a week, and putting them and other people in harm's way. It, it, this is beyond absurd. And I think this is one of the reasons you saw happen in Iowa what we saw happen in Iowa. People are living this crap, and they're waking up, man. At least I hope so. 210, what do you think? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The 2024 race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Uh, we're talking about the border, obviously, and how uh, the federales are saying, hey, got to give over Shelby Park. I, You know what? By the end of the day, I guess, by, by the end of today, I believe, right? And my, my response, now, Trey said this earlier, and I'm right there with him. Come and take it. <laughs> Come and take it, baby. 210-599-5555. Mike, Trucker Mike, how you doing, man? Yeah, how you doing today, brother, man? It just gets me crazier and crazier every day, Sean. You know what I would do if I was Greg Abbott? I would I would tell good old Joe Biden, if you wanted, brother, because cause those people are taking orders from him and Obama anyway. If you wanted that bad, why don't you come down to Texas and take the land back, Mr. Biden, since, you, since he's such a tough guy? You know, it's just, just disgusting. I've never, you know, what, what, so let me ask you a question, Sean. What good does it do to have a border patrol if you're allowing the people to come into the U.S.? So Greg Abbott, the reason why he he's doing what he's doing is because uh, Biden has told the Border Patrol people to cut barbed wire fences God, and just yeah. allow people to walk into the U.S. So what is Greg Abbott supposed to do? He, is he supposed to just go along with the show like the rest of these Democratic mayors around the country and just allow Texas to be overrun with people that don't belong here? It's just absolutely disgusting. And Joe Biden, and especially that Kareem that, that you're talking about, that press secretary, all of them ought to be escorted out of the United States and they're no longer allowed to live in this country because they don't deserve to be here. It's just disgusting that, that, that they're letting them, uh, Texas go down the drain like this. 
And it, it, it's really sad. And uh, something really needs to be done about it. So I hope Greg Abbott, if, if they do put him in jail, I'll be the first one in line to donate money to the Greg Abbott to get him out of jail. I'll be one of the first people in line to get him out because he damn sure don't deserve to go to jail. But he's trying to protect his own state. And I thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Mike, man. We love you, man. I, I'll be right there with you, man. I'll be right there with you. Alex, how are you? Right by. Hey. <laughs> man, it's hard to follow Trucker Mike. Yeah. Trucker Mike, you be careful out there, bro. Okay? And yeah. he's absolutely right. What we should do, what Abbott should do, is line up the, the Texas National Guard on the border, every asset we have, and tell the federal government, make us take it off of there. Yeah, I mean. Because what you need right now is you need exactly that. You need every news outlet in america coming to the border of texas going oh my god this is this is an insurrection <laughs> yes there's is. an insurrection on the on the southern border i i think our government right now is guilty of treason you know i honestly Absolutely. do they're they're they're, it's, they're putting americans and other people from around the world at risk every day by allowing this to continue and by you know propagating it by encouraging it uh well, it's horrible before we I, I, I'm, I'm ex-military. Right. We took an oath. Every person that takes that oath is responsible for it. Okay. And all these boy, and I, I love my border patrol brothers, but I tell you, you're, you're, you're obeying illegal orders from an illegal president. The guy does not represent us. And until America wakes up to that fact, we're going to keep getting what we get, which is they snub their nose in our face. They take our children out of our schools that mm. our tax dollars pay for, and they put illegal immigrants in there. And what do you see from the populace? Nothing. Right. Okay. They're willing to let their government. That's taxation without representation. Absolutely, okay? it is. We had we had this little thing called a revolution over that. Well, and we, we may be having right another. Our <laughs> doesn't represent us. We we may have another revolution to us. revolve back around to what we were and what we were created to be because uh, we're heading in the opposite direction. We don't have a freaking border. Let's face it, we don't have a border. And and I'm no, with Trump. If you if you don't have a if, if you don't have a border, you do not have a country. So that's why they had to get rid of the the, the red red man bad. You know, <laughs> they got to get rid of orange man, man right? Bad. Right. Hey, man, I appreciate the call, Alex. Thank you for your service, too, as well, man. Rock on. 210-599-5555. You know they're just picking a fight with Texas. Yeah. They don't mention Arizona. They don't mention New Mexico. They don't mention California. They're just trying to pick a fight and push Texas to do something. Well, and, you know, one thing I've learned since moving here is is that, (coughs) excuse me, having lived in other parts of of the country, especially on the East Coast, there is a real hatred of Texas. Yeah. Uh, by the liberal left in this country. They really hate it. Uh, when I moved here, I had a lot of people tell me I was nuts. I, was cr- I can't believe you're going to Texas. And the government and guys like Biden and, and whoever is running the country, they, first off, they not only hate Texas, and the reason they hate Texas for the same reason they hate Trump. Texas is su- successful. Yes. Being a free state. We, we have one of the best economies in the country, if in not the, the world. world. Yes. No, in the world. I think uh, we rank like ninth or something. Yeah. I mean, Texas could go back to being its own country tomorrow, and we'd be a very successful and strong country uh, on, on the planet. And uh, so they hate us for that. 
Uh, they they want to flip this state blue. They they wanted to do that for a long time. A lot of outside money pours into this state to those ends. And yeah, a lot of the open border, frankly, in my opinion, is about Texas. It's about destroying Texas. Uh, so Greg Abbott, God bless him for what he's doing. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to be enough at the end of the day. Because when, when you're slinging around numbers like 15 million people uh, are now here illegally, whether they be in Texas or they're being shipped off to other parts of the country, you, you, I, Trump gets it. You still can't undo that. Well, Trump did promise he was going to have the biggest deportation in history. And if anyone could actually pull that off, it would be Donald stinking Trump. But, you know, I don't know. Two one zero five nine. Yeah, but as far as Shelby Park, yeah, come on back and take it. You go right ahead, man. You want to pick a fight? Blank off and find out. What's the what's the, what's the thing? Blank around and find out. Yeah, that's what I say. God bless Texas. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. Yeah, man. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. I'm Sean. It's nine thirty nine. James and I were just talking about the award shows. Now they're they're just tanking. The Emmys were, I guess, Sunday night or Monday night. I'm not even sure. The Emmys just really kind of slipped up, slipped in, you know, under the door there. Nobody was paying attention. The Golden Globes did very poorly. Critics' Choice Awards was horrible. The Golden Globes is largely considered to be one of the worst editions of that show in its history. It's just lame. And the Emmys, uh, and Emmys sometimes do better because it's TV, and a lot of people watch TV stuff. But uh, I think they brought in four million viewers this year, down from six million last year. The, the it's not, it's not just the award shows that are going away. I, I think it's people's freaking tolerance for people who rely who who's luxurious lifestyles are pretty much dependent on people consuming their product, right? Which is becoming increasingly more expensive itself. So people who uh, are expected to go pay, you know, $1,000 to see a freaking movie combined with the soda prices and, you know, however many people you have going with you, it's really freaking expensive. Or even if it's streaming stuff that you got to pay for, uh, people who are having difficulty buying a loaf of bread and some eggs and getting a tank of gas, and they got three illegals living on their front yard. You know they they don't they don't want to be preached to by people who live in freaking Malibu behind walls, okay, with security details. They don't want to be preached to about their their Christianity, about climate change about Palestine. They don't want to be preached to by rich idiots who don't have to worry about a damn thing and don't have to live in this economy. I think it's just galling people too much and they've had enough. Billy Crystal said it years ago when he was hosting the Oscars or after he'd he'd finished up, one of the last great hosts uh, of the Oscars, said, you know, when people are having, I'm paraphrasing, when people are having tough times, and they're going through a rough period of time, just paying the bills and taking care of their kids. Last thing they want to do is sit and watch multi-millionaires award each other gold statuettes. You know what I mean? And, and on top of that, also preach to the little people about how stupid and awful and hateful they are. The people are checking out, man. 
But I think they're checking out from that whole... I mean, there's plenty of people who are celebrity-obsessed. There's plenty of people who, who sop up this garbage about the lives of the rich and famous and all that happy crap. And largely, they're morons. These are the people that, you know, were openly weeping as they walked out of Barbie. You know, stupid people. <laughs> and everybody else is like, oh, shut your pie holes. We're done, man. Take your $500,000 gift bag that the Golden Globes handed you and get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know, they're just done. And I, you know, and I, I, I'm done to a certain extent because I, I, it's rare that I actually want to see a movie that comes out now, and it's rare that I actually like a movie that comes out now. I don't know about you, but I've TV. I've I've almost completely checked out. I, I've been a TV head my whole life, man. I've been a TV watching weirdo. I really have. Couch potato. Okay, I put the couch in the couch potato. I'm the original slacker, all right? I've watched a lot of tube in my time. I've watched a lot of the idiot box. And there's just nothing worth a crap that's on anymore. You get these shows that stream that people say is pretty. There's a Willie Nelson documentary out that's like a four-episode thing that's on, I think, Paramount or one of the things I'd like to watch. My wife and daughter are now currently obsessing on that thing called The Bear. They're watching that. Oh, that's the show, dude. And I've heard it's really good. Oh, I love that show. I just, I really am just not invested. There's so much crap. And and I'm not a streaming guy. I guess I got to make the leap into that world. I, I don't stream a lot, you know what I mean? I, if it's not there on the program guide, I'm not interested. But a lot of it sucks, man. Uh, I, I tell you what was some great TV watching yesterday was uh, Dick Morris on Newsmax. I don't know if you saw that. It was the most bizarre thing, man. Dick Morris, who people forget, you know, he was a big-time uh, Clinton advisor. And then uh, somebody, they found him in a in a motel, I think, in Georgetown uh, with a prostitute. And he had some kind of foot fetish thing going on. It was weird. And he kind of, his star fell from the uh, Clinton Christmas tree. And then he picked it up as a Clinton critic. And he, and, and by, you know, and, and, and we talked about this in Where and Ryman. Dick Morris is a very intelligent guy. He's very astute when it comes to politics. Very, you know. A guy who you can trust his intellect on these things and his, his experience, but he himself is kind of a weird dude, and he's doing he's doing a Zoom interview on Newsmax, and I think there's like four other panelists on the th- on this thing. They're all on this split screen thing. They cut. I can't play the audio. There's no. It's just him talking about Trump in Iowa <laughs> while he's talking. Like his door opens over his shoulder. It looks like a closet or something. It's a fat dude. It walks out in his underwear. Some fat dude just walks into the scene in like a tank top and black underwear and just casually walks behind him. You know, nobody, nobody even, nobody acts like it even happened, right? The panelists act like it didn't happen. Dick Morris isn't acknowledging that just happened. Dude looks like half a tenacious D in his underwear and he just walks out of a closet. That's, now that's some fun TV watching. Because nobody acknowledges that that just happened, man. I didn't know about it until I saw Gutfeld last night. And you, you, do, you do any kind of Google searches, we still don't know who the dude was. Just some fat dude in his underwear in Dick Morris's closet, man. 
I think it might be the garage leading. Is it a garage? I think so. Well, what the hell's a fat guy in his underwear doing in the garage? At Dick Morris's garage, man. The dude is big. I just, shooting, I'm watching. They it. shooting foot porn back there or something? <laughs> it's so weird, man. And, like, who is that guy? And Dick's got his suit and tie on yeah. and looking proper. Yeah, they act like it didn't happen. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Now that's fun TV watching, man. Okay. When my wife was working remotely, uh, she was working in the bedroom, and I, I, I'd have to, I used to have to be very conscious. She had the the camera camera angled, so you couldn't see the bed. So even if I'm sleeping in the bed, like you couldn't see me. But every now and again, I get up and forget that she's working. You know what I mean? And I'm making morning noises. Do we know what I mean by morning noises? This dude, just some fat dude, walks out of the garage or whatever into into this scene. It's very funny. Just look up Dick Morris Newsmax. Better, more specifically, look up Dick Morris fat dude in underwear. You know, and it'll come up. It's hilarious. Now that's good TV watching. That should get an Emmy. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. The twenty twenty four race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. Yeah, and we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Is this philosophical, Alex? There's another Alex. A third Alex. We have two Alexes. We have Alex who goes, hey! And we just talked to him. Hey! Alex. Hey! Hey! I'm up. And then we have thoughtful, philosophical Alex who thinks at a vibration that I can't even get to. And, I'm, you know, it's very intelligent what he tells us. But I have to work through it to figure it out what he's saying because it's so smart. And now we have third Alex, and I don't know anything about him. Alex, how are you? Good morning. Thank you for taking my oh, call. And happy I know you. Here. Hey, how are you, man? Um, I, I'm fine. I'm looking out my back window at the Trump wall. I call it the Trump wall because the alley has a five-and-a-half-foot wall all the way to the next street. Oh, yeah? And I tell the people, go to the end of the Trump wall, and where Biden stopped building it, take a right, and you're in the hemisphere. <laughs> uh, and they love it. They love it. Listen, the other week you guys were uh, taking calls on uh, names with Dick, and somebody nobody ever called. They forgot the main Dick, the one that owns Alamo, Alamo Mission Funeral Home, Dick Tips. Oh? Yeah, Dick Tips. And I have a name for the trucker, a song for the trucker, uh, Space Trucking by Deep Purple. When he comes on, play it. Play oh a space trucking when Mike comes on. I think yes, we're gonna, I think we're gonna play the uh, Jerry Reed purple. song uh, from uh, Smokey and the Bandit, what, Eastbound and Down. But yeah, yeah well, thanks, thanks for purple. calling us up with more dick names. Um, <laughs> we focused on one dick today, that was Dick Morris and the fat guy in his closet or his garage or whatever. Yeah, Dick Tips. <laughs> you know, you know, Mitch, you don't see a lot of young people named Dick these days. Have you noticed that? That one's kind of going by the wayside. Well, yeah. You know, they're calling him Dylan or, you know, giving him biblical names sometimes. I know those are popular these days, like freaking Josiah or whatever, you know. Uh-huh. But you ain't calling him Dick, are you? Not a lot of Richards out there these days. I'm really glad Christian's middle name isn't Dick. That would be terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Christian blood. Dick. Hey, you know, James, that's, James, I got to give it to you. That's a joke about my name I've never heard before. That's good. Yeah, that joke would require an antibiotic, <laughs> some serious antibiotics. Yeah, it would. <sighs> what a day. 210-599-5555. This is my show. This is as good as it gets. Um, <laughs> Rob Reiner is such a 
talking zit at this point. You know, it's squeeze that guy's head and release the pus. You know, he's a meathead, right? He's he's a pus head at this point. He was <laughs> more interesting when he was a meathead. He graduated and was still making decent movies like The Princess Bride, one of my favorites. Uh, Spinal Tap, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Now he's just Rob Reiner shooting his mouth off, and he he tweeted yesterday or X'd or whatever we're calling it now. Jesus told us to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How in God's name can anyone who believes in the teachings of Jesus support Donald Trump? <laughs> I got you there, didn't I? Is he what is he talking about? That? Well, I mean, well, here, here's the deal. Okay, first off, yeah, Christianity bad, and they're all losing their ass because Trump did well with the evangelicals in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trump is not an evangelical. No. So evangelicals are supporting Donald Trump for some other reason than evangelicalism. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Being evangelical-like. You know, I mean, it's it's they're not supporting Trump because he's like leading this great evangelical movement. No, they want freedom. They want freedom to be evangelicals, and uh, they want all the other stuff that uh, the Trumps want. Trump wants uh, the, the border, the economy, all that stuff. But oh my God, one thing's one thing that these Hollywood idiots can't shut up about is this apparent. Christian horde that is just stomping on the terra and oppressing people left and right. And I'm not exactly sure where that's going on. Uh, but the thing about Rob Reiner is, well, oddly, he has a documentary he's getting ready to release called God and Country, where he talks about, I guess in this documentary, uh, the big evangelical Christian horde the sweeping across the land and destroying people's lives and how awful Christianity is. Hey, I bet that movie's going to do real good, man. I was going to say. Especially in Iowa. Yeah, the premiere of that in Iowa, man. Looks like the arrow's pointing up on that one. Well, you know, so if you want to know why suddenly you're hearing anti-Christian tweets from Rob Reiner, and I can't stand people, people who hate Jesus, <laughs> people who don't like Jesus, invoking Jesus, to tell you what a horrible human being Donald Trump is, that's just rich, man. I think we're cross-promoting our little documentary project is what I think we're doing there, meathead. Mm-hmm. I think maybe your your tweet or your text or your ex or whatever we call it has something to do with your new movie talking about how awful Jesus is. Just seeing a bit of a connection there, that's all. Because certainly, uh, you know, Hollywood types would never cross-promote their politics with their alleged uh, creative output. No. God and country. I bet that's going to be lots of fun to watch, man. (laughs) Oh, what a joy. In fact, make it a double feature. The Princess Bride (laughs) and then God and country and see how you feel about yourself. So, uh, Rob, nobody cares what you think about Jesus or Donald Trump. Okay, dude? People haven't given a crap about you since the Princess Bride. I'm just saying. I do not think he knows what the word Jesus means. We'll be right back. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Happy hump day. I'm Sean. Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Let's talk political news let's get political shall we come on let's get political it's close enough to the end of the show that after we talk politics we could all go take a shower 
It'll wash the slick off of us and wash the grease and the filth. Where do I begin? Um, well, it, 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 briefly, uh, John Kerry. I, I think John Kerry is probably what a a just a a talking, walking piece of crap that guy. That guy is one of the worst human beings in a rabble of really horrible human beings. He's a useless piece of crap. He really is. John Kerry is the the epitome, the very definition of swamp privilege, of a really, really deep-down mediocre guy who's never had an original thought in his head ever, rising to a level of prominence without being elected to be there. He's the he's getting ready to shift his focus away from being the climate czar. You understand, John Kerry is a member of the cabinet. He, he he holds an official position which did not exist before Joe Biden gave it to him or whoever is pulling Joe's strings gave it to him. We didn't we didn't have a cabinet position known as a climate czar prior to uh, John freaking Kerry. He's been lying his ass off since the Vietnam War. His, you know, ketchup producing wife is the source of all his uh, his income and his riches. All, uh, you and me as well. We're we're paying him close to I think what 400 grand a year to be the climate czar and tell us what horrible earth-killing pieces of crap we are, you know. I I have no regard for John Kerry. He is a nothing to me. He is just a useless vile greedy, narcissistic piece of crap. How does that make you feel? Unelected, by the way. Unelected. Didn't have to go through any kind of confirmation process. He was just made the the, the climate czar. And uh, he's a Davos. You know, we're a bunch of uh, very, very, very rich, earth-killing people show up with their private jets and their yachts and their entourages of you know suvs and earth killing vehicles and stuff and they show up at davos to uh uh allegedly discuss you know this climate change crisis uh in between like sex orgies (laughs) prostitutes all kinds of uh good times man they're having a they're having a blast and and john Kerry is there and he gets asked by a swedish reporter uh, about his own carbon footprint. Uh, it was a story a year or two ago, remember, where he was called out on his private plane usage. Uh, I think the fuel going into that thing was paid for by you and me. Made over 48 trips, I believe, in, in a private jet before he got too much public flack for it. And, he, and he, his wife, his wife, his sugar mama sold it. Because there's sugar and ketchup. Uh, <laughs> and uh he still flies around you know on your dime and my dime and uh uh you know his response to being asked about his own carbon footprint was that's a stupid question how dare you ask me a question little people so there's one political story apparently john Kerry is still full of crap and uh, other political stories here. Let's see. Oh, I was kind of waiting on this. After Iowa, I was kind of waiting to see how the how the propagandists in the media spin this crap, you know? Because Trump made history in Iowa during the caucus on Monday night. He, the records were broken. He did very, very, very well uh, in Iowa. 
And uh, I thought what they were going to go with is, well, good, because Joe Biden wants to run against Donald Trump because he knows he'll beat him. Remember that? They were going on that line of bullcrap for a while. Oh, no, no, no. We want Trump. No, we're not uh, weaponizing, weaponizing the government against Donald Trump with all these legal cases. No, we want to run against Donald Trump. We want him as the I was I thought they were going to go they would they would go with that. That's the one I was waiting to hear. Oh, we're glad he did well in Iowa cuz we want to run against him cuz Joe Biden's going to kick his ass. But really what they ended up going with was the evangelical trip. Uh, they, they just think that people what happens with folks in that world and I don't even like calling them Democrats, even though the predominantly they're Democrats. But people who live within that that system, that safe space of the swamp, the circled wagons around the beltway, the belt around the beltway, where mediocre people like John Kerry, like you know a lot of folks inside the beltway, make just grotesque amounts of money for doing nothing. Okay, uh, uh, and uh, from th- from their position, in a sense, yeah, you don't question how they get around. You don't question how they live their lives. And you also have to accept that everything they say is politically motivated and nine times out of ten is bullcrap. So I thought certainly they'll go with, well, we want to run against Donald Trump, but they're going against the evangelicals because the thing I wanted to say, when you are of the swamp, whether you're an A-list freaking celebrity idiot in L.A. or you're a John Kerry or you're any man, all manner of people who live off the federal government and off the people who populate the federal government, you you assume, this is the big arrogant sin or the sin of arrogance with these this crowd, you assume that all good people think exactly the way you do because you're only surrounded by people who think exactly the way you do. Rob Reiner's another example we just mentioned a little while ago. And hopefully the tragic mistake they're making, and maybe this is a mistake they made in Iowa, is that they assume that all good people and smart people and people who are worthy of anything think the way they do, and all people who don't are horrible and who cares about them anyway. They're mud people, they're little people. And so, you know, when you hear this tripe about how evangelicals love Donald, and you know what, they're bad. Evangelicals are horrible people. Because in the circles they run in, they have a very dim view of, of, of Christians and Jews, especially Christians. They think evangelical Christians are the worst people in the world. They can't identify why that is or what they're actually doing that's so horrible, but in their circles that they run in, evangelicals bad so in their minds coming out and saying look at how many evangelicals love donald trump they think as it resonates around their very expensive dinner tables in georgetown and in malibu and all these other places that that's how people think in general and so by offering that as some kind of a negative for Donald Trump, what they don't realize is they're insulting the faith of about two-thirds of the people in this country, and not evangelicals, Catholics, Methodists, you know. And I think, there, I think one of the things you saw from 2016 on is that the people who run this country and who inhabit the swamp and Hollywood 
have absolutely no connection to ordinary people anymore. They they have no connection to flyover country. They have no connection to people who have to punch a time clock. They have no connection to people who actually have to suffer this economy and and still pay the rent and feed their kids and all that stuff. They have no connection with ordinary Americans, average Americans who send their kids to the public education system. And they make the tragic intellectual mistake of arrogance in assuming that the only people who matter are people who agree with them. And they think Christians are horrible and evangelicals are the worst. They're goose-stepping Nazis. Whether they are or they aren't. And so very obviously it's a negative, this evangelical support of Donald Trump. And so that's what they ran with uh, to explain Iowa. And I, I think they're really overplaying that. And I think they really don't understand. It's like a lot of the anti-religious stuff and the tranny crap and the Disney movies. They think all really cool people should love this crap. And people who hate this crap are, are horrible people and uh, they're, they're, they deserve to be peasants. They, they, they're not smart enough to make decisions for their own lives. And so we need to control them. And so this obsession with the evangelical vote for Donald Trump in Iowa is, I think, another example. They're, they're showing their skirts as far as their, their deep arrogance, their inherent racism, their classism, all that elite bullcrap. And they're, 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 a lot of people are waking up to that, I think. A lot of people in the black community are waking up to this crap. A lot of people in the Hispanic community are waking up to this crap. I think gay people who just want to live their lives and be left the hell alone are waking up to this crap. Women are waking up to this crap. A lot of people are waking up to this crap. And I think that's what you saw in Iowa. I think a lot of people who ordinarily don't like Trump because they don't like him, his personality or they think he's a fame hog or a celebrity type or whatever... Uh, still are, are having to live the policies of this administration and this government. And they know, whether they like Donald Trump or not, they know you plug him back in there. They know what he's going to do. And I think the left and the socialists and the pukes and the creeps and the swamp dwellers are, are really underestimating the bear they're poking right now, if that makes sense. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll take a break. What are you thinking? It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. The Sean Rima Show. The New Hampshire primary coverage starts Tuesday night at seven on News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. Yeah, I'm chair dancing. News Talk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. We're doing political stuff here, and I keep forgetting the the Hunter Biden story. James hasn't heard this yet. And then we got to talk about Vivek in New Hampshire with Trump. Should I go to the phones first? Uh, Mike, how are you? Mike. Hello. Hey, how you doing, yeah. man? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, I've got a question for you. Maybe I missed it on a, on a previous show. What is Abbott's ending on the uh, Shelby uh, Park thing? Are they... Are they Send them back across the border, or they throw them in jail. What are they doing with those people? They he just shut it down as a processing center for the border folks, who the border patrol folks who were processing people on that on that park and sending them off to wherever the hell they're sending them off. So we shut it down. So there's nobody on that island to be sent back. That it's been swept of of all that stuff, all that activity. 
Now we, we have a letter. Now we have a we have a, a situation today where the federal government has gone after Ken sent Ken Paxton a letter saying, "Hey, you got to give up your custody of this park." I think by the end of today, or something's going to happen. I don't know what the hell it is, but maybe we'll, we'll sue him again. Ken Paxton. So a day where Ken Paxton isn't getting sued by the federal government is is probably strange to him. Like, eh, what do I spend my day doing? Yeah. I was just wondering what what was happening to all the people. They they're just going down river somewhere else. Or? I guess, yeah. They're they're obviously not being processed at Shelby Park. So, okay, so yeah. they're just getting them. They put them out on the highway somewhere. I, I have no idea. I guess I have no idea how that part of it's working. But okay, that so. was my question. Hey, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, all right, man. Thank you. Um, so we'll see how the day plays out with this letter. And again, come and take it. You know, I mean, what do you? Okay, you. What are you going to do? You've drawn a line in the sand. What's next? Hunter Biden, all right? J- James, you haven't heard this story? This is just precious. No, I haven't. All right, so it, it has to do with the journey of this gun that he purchased. He is being charged with a federal crime because when he purchased the weapon, and he, all of us who have purchased a weapon know exactly the process. You, you have to fill out federal documentation, and you cannot lie on federal documentation. It's a felony if you do that yeah i had to fill out the forms when you me and van camp went yeah. to go shoot guns and well, i bought I, that pistol i when i purchased my weapon uh which was uh during uh, i guess covid or whatever the hell that was uh you know i had to fill out the same form and you can't lie on that stuff uh about your drug use or you know if you're addicted to something you know at the time that i filled out mine i was after i think it was soon after my heart attack so i I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking pot. I wasn't doing the only pills I were taking were, were blood pressure and, <laughs> and cholesterol pills because it, you cannot lie in that document. It's a crime. By his own admission in his biography, his autobiography, his memoir, whatever the hell it is, you could do the time. At the time he purchased that weapon, he was still an active crack cocaine user, meaning he lied on the federal papers to get the gun. Okay. That's what he's being charged with. Well, the gun in question, uh, you know, which at the time was Russian disinformation and like the laptop and all that stuff. Well, they found it in a dumpster in in, De- in Delaware because his dead brother's wife, who he's currently having an affair with at that time, oh. threw it away for him, got rid of it for him. Okay, that's right. Came out in uh, you know in the pro- on the prosecution side, they have documentation. That when they retrieved the gun from the dumpster, it was in a gun pouch that had cocaine residue on it. Good Lord. There was coke on the freaking gun bag that the gun was in, man. So, you know, it's a, which is pretty overwhelming evidence that when he came into possession of the weapon, he was probably still doing some blow, man. There's some residue on the gun bag. Good Lord. You know... What a dumbass. But again, well, yeah, def- <laughs> he is a dumbass. He is absolutely a dumbass. But he's a very well-protected dumbass. Why are we just finding out finding out about the coke on the bag now? This, this gun story is a few years old. Um, But you know what? Here's the reality of it. Ain't nothing going to happen to that dude. Ain't nothing ever going to happen to Hunter Biden. Dude has been skating his whole stinking stupid life, man. 
And I'll tell you what, you know, this crap about absolving him of all his really crappy behavior because he was just a poor, struggling addict. He's trying to, he's in recovery. You know, I mean, come on, man. As somebody who's actually going through that too, you know, that to me is really insulting. It's all the people who are actually, you know, doing what they have to do to turn their lives around, you know, and this guy's trying to, in, in, in the normal recovery journey, I can tell you this, all right? You, you sort of have to embrace all the really bad crap you did. <laughs> That's kind of a part of it, of getting, you know, away from whatever you're messed up on. One of the, in fact, it's a huge part of it. Wrapping your arms around all the messed up crap you did and owning it. Uh, you, you certainly, I, I know very few people who have successfully like given up drugs or booze who use their addiction as a shield for all the crummy stuff they did. <laughs> like I, You rarely hear about that 12-step program working for you. You know, I, I, like John Kerry, Hunter Biden is the very epitome. He's the very definition of privilege. He really, truly is. Yeah, they found cocaine on the allegedly found cocaine. <laughs> oh, they found the gun in the dumpster. It had cocaine on the on the pouch there. It was held in. But he didn't lie on no federal documents when he got the weapon, right? What if he did a few lines off the barrel of it? You know, at some point, just to be cool. <laughs> he's really a dumb I mean when you really stop and think about how much that guy videoed of himself doing really horrible stuff it's kind of weird isn't it y- yeah it is man you know why because he knows ain't nothing gonna happen to him so I might as well have some fun do me some taping yeah but you gotta dig deeper what what drives that behavior anyway to start with what what do you mean the 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 videotaping and just, I don't know that if I was a president's kid I could find something else to do. Well, yeah, and it's like you are the president's kid, so what? You don't think people are going to see this at some point? You know, but, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? We're talking about an individual that bedded his dead brother's wife. Yeah, like yeah. a week after his death or something. So I, I'm not seeing a lot of intelligence in that, and I'm not seeing a lot of like personal ethics, you know, at play. <laughs> No. I think the I think I don't the, think those are, I don't think intelligence and ethics are his strong points. No, the the roots are tainted. Just a smidge. <laughs> Apple don't fall fall far from the tree. Man, we're back. New stock five fifty KTSA FM one oh seven one. It's ten thirty seven. We're gonna play some exciting Vivek uh, audio coming up here in a little bit before the show's over. Let's think about something else. Let's do some life stuff here, though. I, 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 I'm not going to go into specifics, but I, I, I well, I will in regards to my situation. I, I don't know if you found this. I'm 56 now, and has been talking to a lot of high school friends, you know, online, kind of reconnecting with a lot of folks that I knew a hundred years ago, and we're all kind of saying the same thing, like, wow, it's like we're all collectively realizing. <laughs> That high school was 40 freaking years ago? 40. Four decades, man. I'm kind of on this tear with young people right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of, with a lot of the experiences I've had over the past five years or so. And, and also just kind of realizing, embracing the truth that I'm 40 years out of high school. I tell a lot of young people, hey, baby, it goes quick, man. It starts, once you get out of your 20s, your 30s go a little quicker. 
your 40s go really quick. And uh, I tell young people, I say, you know, whatever it is you want to do with your life, you better start doing it now. Because the time picks up. I'm just noticing. My high school friends and I, a lot of us are noticing just how freaking old we look all of a sudden. It like it ha- it's like it happened freaking overnight, man. Do you know what I mean? We're all rocking and rolling, man. We're Gen X, you know. We're still cool, man. You know, we listen to good music and crap, and we're having a good old time. And boom, shakalaka. All of a sudden, you look up and you realize, Dave Grohl looks like an old lady, man. Pat Smear looks like like my old weird uncle from when I was a kid. He looks like an old Pat Smear is like pushing seventy, man. We're all old. I've noticed like you know I talk about QC kinetics. I I noticed little aches and pains I didn't have before. Let me ask you this. And again, I'm certainly not bringing up this as because I just heard something specific about a coworker or so. I did not not especially if it was my boss. I, nothing like that. I'm just saying, hey Christian, maybe you, you. How old are you? Are you you're a little younger than me? How old are you? You don't mind me asking. What was that now? How old are you? Yeah, well, it's your if you don't biologically mind. or how old do I? Bio- bi- not how you identify, uh, but how you. <laughs> how old are you? I'm fifty two. Are you fifty two? I'm fifty six. Yeah. I've just noticed, like, like I forget things a little easier. Do you know what I mean? I I spent three days a little while ago looking for my glasses. I could not find my freaking glasses. Well, okay, you, for I'll, three I'll days, one. I thought, I must have left them somewhere. They've been destroyed. Yeah. They were sitting on the, the, the entertainment center right in front of my TV. They've been there for three days. I, I, I didn't, and I'm not bringing this up again because I have a coworker who lost something for a couple of days and just realized it was in his car for the entire time. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm not talking about my boss. I'm just saying <laughs> I personally forget stuff all the time, more and more now. Tell me if you've had this experience, because I'm experiencing this much more. I heard about this for years and thought, ah, it's just people being funny. I walk into a room at least three times a day now, and I cannot remember why I went in there. Mm-hmm. I don't, why, the, the words, I say these words to myself out loud quite a bit now. Why did I come in here? Why am I here? I'm here for some reason. <laughs> what was it? I'm just saying, get her, getting older ain't for sissies. And no. Gen X, we're, you know, we're, I don't know that we're old, but we're sure as hell not young anymore. You no. Know? We're sort of like a long yeah. way from young at this point. Last weekend, I had a reality moment when my nine-year-old beat me in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> now, he plays soccer. I mean, he's, you know, he's athletic, but I thought, yeah, I'm going to wax him. No. And Sean, I couldn't. You're, do it. you're in your 50s now. I'm like, what is this? In fact, everybody listening, you guys, James, we're all in, our, in the 50s club. We're, it's, I'm very solidly in the 50s club right now. But we're all in the 50s club, and I'm just saying, once you hit the 50s. And you know what it is? Once you hit the 50s. <laughs> you, you just remembered you, something? You, 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 I did. See? Because I forget <laughs> crap. It happens on the air. No, wait a minute. It happens. On, do you know why I, I have a tendency that when I'm talking about I try to get right to the meat really quick, like get the thesis statement out there really, really quickly? You know why that is? It's not because I'm doing forward promotion or appointment setting, whatever the crap. It's because if I talk too long about something, about halfway through, sometimes I forget what the hell I'm talking about, and I have to work my way back. So I try to get the important stuff out first, you know, before I start to wander mentally. Do you remember what you were going to say? About this? Yeah. Just that, well, I, I, I also forget things and I, uh, that are sitting there right in front of me. 
Okay, I just brought it up because I have a coworker who. I'm just. I don't want to. I don't. I'm, I'm just. He lost his wallet for like what two days and couldn't find it. He thought he left it here at work. Thought he left it here. Got to work. Got, and he's younger than me. He's a little younger than me. Was expecting to see his wallet in his office. And it wasn't. So he drove back home. Right. Couldn't find it at home. Right. Got in his truck to come back to work. Right. And found it in his center console. The center console of his car. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, don't feel bad. We're all doing that crap at this point, okay? It's well, standard stuff. It? I'm not going to tell you who it was. Even I It don't wasn't know. my boss. I'm just saying, <laughs> okay, I got I'm notice, I've done the same damn thing on a yeah. number of occasions, and it didn't start until I was in my freaking 50s. And I don't know if I'm paying the piper for a lot of bad behavior early on in life, which I'm sure I... Mm-hmm. One thing, when you're, when you're a partier, mm-hmm. there's a lot of life you just sort of miss. <laughs> you think you're embracing life and you're being all Dionysian and stuff, you know, and I'm right. just, I'm a partying dude because I love life. You're actually missing. You're not recording about 60% of what's going on, all right? If it wasn't for Facebook memories, I wouldn't remember. There's a lot of crap I would not remember the shows at all. I've played. It's kind of a double-edged sword, <laughs> Facebook memories, you know, because it reminds you not only of the cool stuff, but, yeesh, I really posted that. Um, and I'm just discovering as Gen X moves into our 50s, creeping up ever closer to assisted living that <laughs> that you know i'm just Boy. noticing there's things i forget here and there a few more aches and pains here and there you know let me ask you this yes do you go back and watch some of the 80s movies that you just you may have watched these all the time for 10 20 30 years yes and then you go back and look at like predator and i'm like god this is kind of dumb this movie sucks that happens to me all the time <laughs> That is happening happening to me more and more. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do. I, my wife hates when I. It's Sean's movie night when I pick the movie. Oh yeah, because t- chances are I'm like, baby, you've never seen this movie. Oh my god, this movie is so freaking great, man! It's Bill and Ted. You got to watch it. It's great. Yeah, and we'll sit and watch. I'm like, this is an insipid piece of crap. Did I? What? Did, yeah, I like this. Yeah. Anyway, two ones here. I just wanted to old fart out on you for a little while there. <laughs> Good job. Because the boss lost his wallet for two days. Um, here's Larry. Larry, how are you? Oh, fine. What do you think? Cold as hell. Yep, me too. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to comment on a hunter. Okay. Uh, now, the, I heard that people say that he's the epitome of white privilege. And yeah. he is not. It's political privilege. I mean, Trump's white. He's not even afforded executive privilege, nor nor your client privilege. I Hunter is definitely privilege. Yeah, with a capital P. You're right. I don't know that I call it white privilege. I I do think the Biden folks are are racists, uh, and they've got a long record of that. Uh, But he is the epitome of classist privilege, I guess you would say. Our privilege. Yep, I, I got to go, Larry. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. The 2024 race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. And Trump is really playing the room very well these days. We, we talked about how, you know, after sweeping Iowa in the caucuses, the caucuses, you betcha, 
uh, he, you know, gave a very good, you know, his comments afterward were, you know, we complimented uh, DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Vivek and said they did a great job. They're very intelligent, passionate people. There's a place for them in my administration. Uh, you know, he played it very well. Uh, and, and, and then he did something yesterday in New Hampshire. He, he's, he, man, Iowa caucuses rap, dudes in New Hampshire. And he gets up there at a rally or a, a, an appearance in New Hampshire, and what's the first thing he do, he does? He brings out Vivek Ramaswamy, man. Go ahead and play that. He's young, and he's got some young ideas, too, and that's a good thing. So he has a big, beautiful, bright future ahead, Vivek Ramaswamy. Come on up, Vivek. Come on down. Get your ass up here, buddy. The room loved him. Let's do this, guys. It's good to see you. It's good to be back to New Hampshire. Dude's a rock star, man. We miss you guys. We're going to make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here, patriots across the state. We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican, even in a deeper sense. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen. Between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander-in-chief who will lead us to victory in this war. Yeah, man. Listen, I mean, people love him. He got 8%. He was not going to be president, not this time out. But you you cannot deny that Vivek Ramaswamy made a he made a big noise, man, and people were digging what what he was saying. Uh, and Trump is that's a foxy move, man. <laughs> that's a very smart move on his part. Bring that guy in, man. And Vivek's all in. Uh, he's all in for Trump. So I, I saw that yesterday. I'm like, yeah, badass, man, badass. I, I don't think he's going to offer the same to Nikki or Ron. <laughs> Nikki and Ron may get some cabinet positions or may get a place you know, at the table if, if we are able to elect Donald Trump again to the Oval Office. And I, I only mean that. I don't mean that as a, as a critique of his support. I mean that as whether or not it's going to be possible because he has the full – think about this. For the most part, Donald Trump has the full weight of the federal government working against him. Not just working against him, but actively trying to destroy him utterly and dance on his freaking ashes. So he could ever raise his head again uh, in, 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 in the methane of the swamp that they so protect. I mean, they, they don't, they, whether or not he's going to be able to be president again, and I'm not saying that as the result of a legal process. I think they're going to do anything. I, let me put it to you this way. I think they are capable of doing anything to prevent Donald Trump from getting back in office. Now, you can take that wherever you want to take it in your mind. I know where it goes in my mind. God be with Donald Trump over the next 10 months. Uh, but, you know, as far as how he's playing this, 
Trump's spot on, man, with the way he's handling it. I, I said yesterday, when, when DeSantis and Ramaswamy wasn't doing this, he was the one holdout who wasn't trashing Trump on the campaign trail. In fact, on the campaign trail, Vivek was the one out there saying, hey, we need more Trump stuff. We need, you know, Christie, DeSantis, Ramos, uh, um, uh, uh, Nikki Haley, they ran against Trump. Trump ran against Biden. Trump did a lot of policy stuff. You look at that uh, town hall with Brett Baer last week. Okay, he was talking. Biden was the bad guy, and Trump was talking policy. Trump also very wisely said, uh, our, "Our retribution is going to be our success." I'm not going to have time because that's the big, the big play they're they're trying to put on him from the propagandist left is that once he gets into office, it's all going to be personal. He's going to go Michael Corleone on everybody and seek revenge. Donald Trump took all the air out of that balloon by saying, my retribution is going to be my success. Actually, he said, our retribution will be our success. I'm going to be too busy fixing things. And then New Hampshire, he brings Ramaswamy up. I thought that was brilliant, man. Brilliant move on his part. If, if you take Iowa as an indication of what support is out there for Donald Trump at this desperate moment in this country, uh, obviously, that's only going to get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger, which means the bad guys are going to have to work harder and harder to prevent him from getting back in office. I mean, there there was no contest in Iowa. <laughs> it was his going into it. Just like New Hampshire is going to be his going into it, just like any other place he goes, he's going to run the table because... We're in a much different situation than we were in 2015, 2016. And people were pissed off then after eight years of Obama. Okay, what you saw in Iowa, this is just my humble opinion, my simple cave dweller's opinion, is you saw, in a sense, the actual face of frustration in America. And a lot of people who are living this crap, I I suspect uh, even more Democrats than you realize, they're living this poli- these policies. They're living this horrible nightmare along the border. They're living this crap economy. And they remember a few years ago when they weren't living in a bad economy. And who was in the office at that point? And uh, yeah, they're going to have to work extra hard to keep him out of the Oval Office this time out. And what they're capable of doing, I, I think, is sky's the limit, baby. But they can't let them get back in. They sure as hell can't let that happen. But the people very obviously do want him back. It's Trump's contest from here on out. So we'll see. James, I love your chili on hot dogs. Thank you, brother. Uh, Elaine uh, Rodriguez, our executive producer. Thank you. Christian Blood. I'm a good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye.